Next month is Mother's Day. Let's begin to invite some people to church. Yeah, let's put our hands together, celebrate mothers. And on that day, we also pray for all those, all those that have lost their mothers and those that are grieving their mothers. And we also pray for the mothers that are believing God for babies. Amen. So good to see you in church. How many people are so glad to be in church, glad to be in the house of God? Amen. So glad to be in church. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, you look good. Tell them, you look wonderful. Amen. By the way, a little correction. Our next steps classes start at 1230. So they're in our third service. Amen. So good to be back in America, yo. Amen. I was out there eating mama's cooking, man. I was stuffing myself. And, uh, and man, thank you for your prayers because I survived fighting with, with seven lions, and I, I came out on the other side. I know you were praying for me. Right. I don't know. Okay. Awesome. But so good to be here. Well, today is part two of our stories message series. Somebody shout stories. And by the way, were you guys blessed last Sunday by my awesome brother and father in the spirit? Come on, let's appreciate Pastor Robert Emmett. Amen. What a great man of God. He's He's the pastor emeritus and founder of literally one of the largest 20 churches in America. What an honor we have to learn from such men of God of great caliber. Amen. Impact, we want you to know that we're not experimenting with your life. Every decision we make here is out of receiving advice from such great men of God that have already done ministry and have done it well. And we're so honored to be connected to him. Amen. Stories are powerful. Stories are powerful. Tell somebody God is still writing your story. Yeah. God is still writing your story. Well, that person didn't really believe you, so look over to the other side, smack them at the back of the head and tell them God is still writing your story. Stories reveal the hand of God. Amen. We have a young lady today who's going to tell her story. And then I'll come up and preach. Today we're preaching about dealing with depression. Dealing with depression. And I declare in the name of Jesus today that the spirit of depression is going to lift in the name of Jesus. Every person here battling anxiety, this is your day in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen and amen. amen. So today is like an African theme, yo. Because this young lady is actually... Her father's from Sudan, and her mother's from Ethiopia. She has a powerful story of how God delivered her from a spirit of anxiety and depression. Without further ado, let's welcome Ababa to the stage. Come on. Awesome. Awesome. I think she's been paying some people to, to cheer for her. She's got some fans. Awesome. Somebody shout, this is church. Church is all about family. Amen. Awesome. So who is, uh, who is Ababa? Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So I am 29 years old. I'm a social worker. Um, I am the youngest of three. And I was born in Saudi Arabia. Moved here when I was three and a half. Um, my dad Saudi Arabia. This is what I asked in the first service. Said, <laughs> Did you see Osama bin Laden over there? When you were growing up, and you said... I said no, but my dad went to school with his brother. Woo! 
right, let's. <laughs> wow. God, we pray for the Middle East in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're gonna do an order call at the end of this service. Some Man. people who feel like God's sending them to be missionaries in, in Saudi Arabia. Any? No. Okay. Let's. Uh, so yeah, I'm the youngest of three kids. Uh, I grew up in the church. Two amazing God-fearing parents. Um, attended church my whole life, youth group, um, young adult ministries, and everything. And I've served in church for a long time. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's just jump right into this. You you struggled with anxiety and depression and and all that. How? Did you find yourself in this place? Because this is something a lot of people are dealing with. And she was going through this while she was in the church and serving in the church. So today we want to we talk about this, expose it, and believe God for healing Amen. in Jesus' name. How did you find yourself in this place? Yeah, so um, my beginning stage of anxiety, um, I guess is what you would call it, is when I was 12. Uh, my dad had accepted a position um, which landed him working for the UN in the west coast of Africa. Um, and that was a really hard transition for me at the age of 12 when you're trying to figure yourself out and um, not having my earthly father present constantly was really tough for me. Um, so I didn't realize that was actually, um, there were little pieces of flares of anxiety um, from 12 and on um, just because my dad was going to a war-torn country and I didn't know what to expect, and he was only going to be home two months at a time um, within 12 months. Um, so that was really hard, um, but it really wasn't until graduate school when I found myself um, having major anxiety in the midst of one of my classes. Um, we had started talking about trauma, and I was like, um, I'm not liking this conversation. And it was hard because I, I dealt with a lot of families that were dealing with trauma. I was working, um, I was interning with the Department of Children and Families at the time and was just really um, getting worn down from the work that I was doing. And I just didn't know what to do with my anxiety. Obviously, um, I knew to pray, um, but there was so much more. It was something that was beginning to cripple me. So she went to grad school. Can we take a moment and appreciate that and celebrate that? That's a big deal. That's a big deal, right? And then started working. And you'd think after you've graduated with your master's and you get that dream job that everything would be perfect. But a lot of people have anxiety because of the kind of work that they have. And so, wow, continue. Yeah, so um, I just found myself going through panic attacks constantly. I was in and out of the hospital trying to figure out what was going on. I just felt like I was dying. Um, but every time I went, they'd just be like, there's nothing wrong with you. You have anxiety and you just need to be put on medication. Um, and just growing up in the church, I grew up in a Middle Eastern church, so the stigma of mental health was really bad. Um, didn't really believe in it. But it wasn't until my father had spoken the words to me that you're in this field trying to help people and the Lord has created individuals to help you as well. Um, yeah. And he's like, you need to go get help. Uh, so in a loving way, he pushed me towards that. And I started seeking counsel um, and 
started getting on medication, anti-anxiety and anti-depressant medication, um, which was a really hard pill to swallow because I was like, this is, this is not who I am. I am a happy-go-lucky girl. I don't need this. Um, but I really did um, at, in that season of my life. Um, but it wasn't until two years after graduating, um, I found myself married um, after dating uh, my ex-husband for six years and entered into a marriage. Uh, little did I know that I was not going to be pursued the way that the Lord had called me to be pursued and was fighting, um, fighting suicidal thoughts. Um, and I was all alone. Um, I was so ashamed of who I was. I was just ashamed of my marriage and couldn't open up or tell anyone at church. Um, and this was in the midst of me serving with our youth group um, and being really involved. Um, and I didn't tell my parents because I just. We've got to make note of this. So you are serving at a great church, wow. serving in the youth ministry, mm-hmm. serving the Lord at a church with many people. But you're slipping away into depression yes. and nobody knows about it. Yeah. Amen. We've got to change that church culture. Amen. How many people can. Amen. And say we have to do that. Amen. Amen. Wow. Amen. Um, so I just, there were many nights that I went to bed um, just ready to take my life. Just looking at those pill bottles, ready to take them. Um, but in the midst of it, I had not lost hope. I knew that the Lord was constantly there. Um, so he just, he was constantly showing me of his goodness and that I was made for more, um, although I could not um, realize that in the moment, he, he made it known. And it took um, a huge fight in my marriage to um, come to an end um, for me to be able to get back into um, the joyous Ababa that I was. Um, so he took away the person that was really causing um, my depression and um, used it in such a powerful way. Although divorce is definitely not of him, um, he used it for my good um, in the end. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, I know that there was a Sunday here last year in the summer, and uh, it was a healing service. There was a lot of physical healings, and, uh, and Bobby here was bringing people up. And at the time, there was just a lot of physical healings. And physical healings are, are easy to witness because something changes visibly. Uh, but yours was an emotional healing that God was doing. But I remember stopping because there was just a witness in my spirit that God was really giving you a breakthrough uh, that Sunday. What, what has being at a church like this and having community, what has that been like for you? And how has that contributed to your healing? been a huge part of my healing. Um, I have, like I said, I was in the church for such a long time, but I just didn't have the community that I needed. And it wasn't until coming here um, that I really experienced what genuine friendships were, um, a genuine family. And um, being a part of the sisters group was a huge part of um, getting me to where I am today. Um, But yeah, so during the service over the summer, I just felt this 
heaviness be lifted uh, from me. And it was like that God was just rejuvenating me again, and the joy that I was longing for had come back. Um, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Amen. I want to say that here at our church, there are moments where we just kind of stop and we worship. And sometimes people wonder, what's going on? It's because God is touching people in those moments. And somebody has been waiting for that moment. And when you, when you see those moments arrive, just, just begin to receive your healing. Amen. Amen. What a story. Can we appreciate Ababa, everybody? Amen. Come on. Come on, Impact. We can do better than that. Let's celebrate this young lady. And the healing that God has brought her way. Amen. Wow, wow. Amen. You may be seated. I'll take a few moments here. And I want to give you three things from Scripture that you need to do in order to find victory from depression. Amen. We pray, we declare in the name of Jesus that God's going to heal people in this service today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them the pastor has the word from the Lord for you. I got a word from the Lord for you. Amen. All the way fresh from Africa. Amen. This is, this is an important word right here. But I was, I was in Africa in my, the bedroom that I grew up in. And God said, go back home and talk about dealing with depression. Dealing with depression. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Mac, Luke, sorry, Luke chapter 5, verse 18 to 20. Luke chapter 5, verse 18 to 20. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We thank you, Father. We take dominion authority over every spirit of depression in this place in the name of Jesus. Today is your day of freedom. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. Verse 24, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Let's say that together. Stand up, pick up your mat. One more time. Stand up, and go home. You know, I can relate a little bit to what Ababa was talking about here. Because I went through a season of what I call mild depression or a season of, of discouragement myself. Let me see in the room, how many people here have ever been discouraged? Yeah. How many people here have ever battled depression? It's a lot of people, a lot of people in the room. For me, this is how it happened. In my early 20s, I had so many dreams. I came from Africa and I had these dreams. I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to do all these great things. And I was submitting songs and auditioning and trying all these different things. And I was getting no after no after no after no. Disappointment after disappointment. 
disappointment after disappointment. Then I married my beautiful wife, Michelle, and I just felt like a person of failure. Our car broke down. I was doing an overnight shift. I was doing all I could do to provide for my family. I was trying everything, and it just seemed as though nothing was working. Have you ever been at a place where you're trying everything, and it just seems as though nothing is working? And I was trying to get a job working for this man of God playing piano for me, for him. And he said to me, he said, Zenzo, I don't really see anything. I don't, I don't feel like it's worth investing anything in you and that sent me into a place of this this dark place of depression i remember walking home in tears just just crying and disappointed yeah but listen to this after that phase and that season god changed things in my life i started this thing called united night of worship thousands upon thousands of people came out i found myself on tbn reaching 3.2 billion people you missed a good place to say hallelujah what i'm trying to say to you is that the reason the enemy is trying to discourage you and put you in a place of depression is because god is about to do something in your life and he can see it and he's trying to depress you i came from a place of depression on tbn declaring the goodness of god so i want to encourage somebody in this place that is discouraged and depressed i want to tell you that god is about to do something in your life something great is about to happen in your life somebody shout hallelujah come on say it. somebody say something good will happen to me now i want you to do it with passion say something good will happen to me say i will live and not die Somebody shout, life, 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 life. Yeah. Because that's what the enemy does. He's discouraging you because something good is about to happen. I was discouraged. Felt like a personal failure. After that, I find myself on TBN. 3.2 billion people. The enemy knew that day would come. And he tried to discourage me. Please write these few statements down. Here's the first one. Depression begins when you stop dreaming and just begin to exist. Yeah. Let me say this again. I want this to marinate into your spirit. Depression begins when you stop dreaming and just begin to exist. You believe a lie. That your future is not secure. You believe a lie. That your purpose is not going to be fulfilled. You stop dreaming and you just begin to exist. You start to die on the inside. So I came here to speak to somebody today in the name of Jesus. And I said, dream again in the name of Jesus. Dream the undreamable dream in the name of Jesus. Come on, Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly far beyond what you can ask or dream according to the power that works inside of you. Come on, it's time to dream again. It's time to dream again in the name of Jesus. Tell somebody it's time to dream again. Come on, dream big. You can go back to school. God can heal that marriage. God's not done with you. He can do great things with your life. And by the way, it's free to, to dream. It doesn't, doesn't cost you anything. Let me say that again. It doesn't cost you a penny to dream. Begin to see the house you want to live in. Come on, somebody. 
Nothing wrong with that. Begin to see your future bright in the name of Jesus. Come on, I came by here to tell you that I see you in the future and you look much better than you look right now because God is doing something in your future. Dream again. Come on, dream again. I came to say this to somebody in this place. Dream again. Dream again. Come on, you can do it. Dream again. Dream again. Here's another statement. Depression begins when you stop fighting and just accept defeat. Yeah. Depression begins when you stop fighting and you just accept defeat. You've stopped fighting for that marriage. And you've believed the lie of the enemy that it's over. I want you to know this. It's not over until God says it's over. Yeah. It's, it's not over until God says it's over. Depression begins when you stop fighting and you believe, you accept failure, you accept defeat. A child left home and you just believe this is it. She's never coming back. It's never going to happen again. I'm never going to get that degree again. I'm never going to run this business again. This, this business will never rise up. I'll never do ministry. You, you begin to accept defeat. Come on, I came to speak life to somebody in this place in the name of Jesus that we serve a Jesus who's victorious. He's never lost a battle. He went to the grave, died, but three days later he rose again. He is victorious and this Jesus lives on the inside of you and because of that, you are victorious in the name of Jesus. Come on, fight again. Rise up and fight again. You're not a loser until you stop fighting get up tomorrow and fight again somebody shout fight 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 again yeah it's not over it's not over yeah here's another statement depression begins when you finally believe the rhetoric of your accusers and naysayers yeah that's it because you've got to know this. This is how the enemy works. He begins to influence people to say things into your life. To speak words of negativity. And depression begins when you believe that the report of the enemy is supreme above the report of God. But today in the name of Jesus, I declare that we will believe in the report of the Lord. The report of the Lord says you are a head and not a tail. The report of the Lord says, greater is he who is in me than that that is in the world. The report of the Lord says, you are an heir to the kingdom of God. Somebody's celebrating this place. Come on, you, you can achieve anything you want to achieve. I will believe in the report of the Lord. That's what happened to me. When this man said, you're not worth investing in. One day, those words went into my spirit and I believed it. It broke me down. See, the devil wants to wear you out. He wants to break your spirit. But I came to speak life into somebody in this place in the name of Jesus. You came to the right place. You came to the right place. Here's another statement I want you to write down. Depression seldom happens overnight. It is the accumulation of small deposits of heartbreaks, letdowns, and failures. Very few people ever just wake up one day and they are deep into depression. It happens gradually. It is the accumulation of small deposits of heartbreaks, 
let downs and failures. Somebody in this place is saying, man, this message is not for me. I'm fine. Listen, you could be one let down away from depression. You could be one disappointment away from depression. That's why you want to wake up and begin to speak the life of God over yourself in the name of Jesus. Come on, one more time. Somebody say, I will live to declare the goodness of God. Come on, there's power in your words. Some people there are just looking at me. Come on, I, I, I want to help you get into a place of victory. Somebody say, I will live to declare the goodness of God. Come on, say, I will live to declare the goodness of God. Say, I am lovable. I am victorious. I am prosperous. Come on, you know I'm going to do this. Say, there's a tsunami of God's blessing that's coming my way. In the name of Jesus. Come on, something good is going to happen to me this week in the name of Jesus. I want to give you three things you need to do from the text that I gave you here in order to find freedom from depression. Number one, talk to someone. Talk to someone. Talk to someone. When I was studying this text, God gave me this text to share with you talking about finding freedom from depression I, I was wrestling with God I was wrestling with God I said God th this text here is about a paralytic person a paralyzed person this is a story where there was a man who was paralyzed he was on a stretcher and four of his friends carried him to the place where Jesus was and when they found that the room was full they removed tiles from the roof drilled a hole and they lowered this body down right in front of Jesus I said God you you better give me another text maybe give me a text that's talking about the spirit of heaviness maybe give me another text that's talking about a, a spirit of anxiety something like that I said this is this is a story of a paralytic person God give, give me another text and God said to me son I want you to know that the spirit of depression is a paralyzing spirit The spirit of depression is a paralyzing spirit. It's a paralytic spirit. And I said, God, shouldn't I go and tell them that the first thing they need to do is to pray? Because I'm just spiritual like that, right? And God said, no, no, stick to the scripture. The first thing they need to do before they even pray is they need to talk to someone. Because the spirit of depression is a paralyzing spirit. I want to see some believers in this place that can really be honest with me and tell me that you've been discouraged before. Even though you knew how to pray, you could not pray for yourself. Anybody, anybody. Yeah, yeah, I've been there before. I'm a pastor. I knew to pray. I knew how to pray. The spirit of discouragement was so strong that I couldn't even pray for myself. That's why the first thing you need to do is talk to somebody. Here's a guy who's laid up, he's paralytic, he's paralyzed. He had four friends that carried him and brought him to Jesus. Impact, I want to start a new church culture in this place where we can talk to one another. When somebody asks you, how are you doing? Can you please be honest with them and tell them, I'm struggling here. This is what's going on. Because statistics are clear that people don't find freedom from depression because they don't talk to other people. They keep it within themselves. That's what happened to Ababa. She was in a church like this. 
serving in a youth group, married at a church like this, but she would go home and she was in depression. The first thing you need to do when you're dealing with a spirit of discouragement, talk to somebody. That's why Impact Church, the greatest thing you can ever do to someone when they come to talk to you about their issues is to cover them and encourage them and not expose them. We're beginning a new church culture in this place. Can I get a witness from a few people in this place that say, here at Impact Church, we're going to create a culture where we can talk to one another. Come on, I know church people don't say anything. How are you doing? I'm doing well in the land of the living. No, tell somebody that you, you're struggling. Come on, tell somebody the truth. Tell somebody you're struggling financially. Tell somebody you just almost killed your husband last week. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody you're about to lose it. Come on, somebody. Can, can we be honest in this place? You know, we live in a culture where we always show our good parts. Come on, you know, you know we all do it. I do it. You take 500 pictures and then you choose the best three and post them on Instagram. Come on. I, I mean, posting on Instagram is a full-time job these days. I mean, you got to go shopping on Monday. You got to, you have a little notebook and you plan. You know, you plan because you can't pose with the same clothes. You know what I mean? So, so you plan it out. And then on Wednesday, you take the pictures and you make sure everybody's gone. And then you know your angle. Come on, somebody. You know the right photographer. Some photographers are fired because they, they, they make you look, they don't make you look good. But I, I, I just think we need to start a new culture where you post your pictures that are not the best. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. When you're hurting, tell somebody, I just took off my weave. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody, I I've been trying to get these eyebrows to be symmetrical, but this line keeps going up in the sky. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. T tell somebody, just tell somebody that these extensions are not working anymore. After you're broken, take a picture and say, somebody pray for me. You know why? Because there's many out there that are in the same situation that you are. And I'll keep preaching this until we begin to do it. Because church people hide stuff. Look at that young lady, Ababa. Suicidal. And she was part of a church just like this. Yeah. I want you to turn to the person sitting next to you and tell them, please talk to someone today. Please. Please. This is serious. Please. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 5 verse 16, Confess your sins one to another so you may be healed. And let me say this. If you're discouraged, and if you're dealing with depression, listen to me. You are not alone. There are many other people that are dealing with it. I want to show you here that there are people in the Word of God that dealt with the Spirit. 1 Kings 19.4 This is Elijah. He's killed so many prophets and here's what he says. I've had enough, Lord, he's saying. Take my life. I'm not better than my ancestors. This is a major prophet. <laughs> Elijah, you're not alone. Any major prophets in the building today? Now, oh Lord, take, my, take 
away my life for it is better for me to die than to live that's Jonah why did I not perish at, at birth and die as I came from the womb this is Job man of God next scriptures these are men of God this is the prophet Jeremiah major prophet cursed be the day I was born why did I ever come out of, of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame you're not alone now, this next scripture here, this is Jesus. Do I have a son of God in the house of God today in this place? This is Jesus, the son of God. He says, he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here. Keep watch with me. Jesus is talking to someone. Please stay here. Keep watch with me. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Please, please stick around. Don't leave me. This is Jesus, the son of God. Hallelujah. One more time, turn to somebody and tell them, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. Second thing you need to do is submit to someone. Submit to someone. They lowered that body down at the feet of Jesus. Jesus was the rabbi, the teacher, the father of the community. Submit to someone. First thing you need to do is talk to someone. Number two, submit to someone. I keep talking about this. Do you have a spiritual father? Do you have a spiritual mother? Do you have someone you can talk to when you're in trouble? Do you have someone you can just reach out to? I was telling the first service that I, there was a point in my life I stopped going to the park because I would always try to get into fights at the park with my little kids. One day I went to the park and those little teenagers they're just dropping F-bombs in front of my little kids. Come on, somebody. Now, as a father, I went and I said, guys, can you, can you stop dropping the F-bombs? I got little kids here. And one of them, one of them said, what you going to do about it? I felt this African Wakanda spirit come out of my, I said, I felt like a lion, an African lion. And then there was another day, there was this cute little lady in the park, cute little dog. My kids were so scared of dogs at the time. If there was a dog at the park, they wouldn't even have fun anymore. Because there's an incident that happened. And I went to the young lady, I said, hey, your, your dog is so beautiful. She said, excuse me, this is not a dog, this is my baby. I said, excuse me? And by the way, for those of us who have dogs, I love dogs, by the way. Just remember that even though it's a baby to you, everybody else sees a four-legged animal. Come on, somebody. Come on. No, please don't go home and say, he's a, he's a dog hater. No, 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 no. Listen, I got dogs. I got black mambas. I got lions. I love lions. Let's put that to the side. And then that dog started chasing my Joshua. I'm so African, man. I took my belt out. I, I mean, now I didn't spank the dog, but I took my belt because, listen, how many people know as a father, I was not going to let that dog bite my son? Here's what I'm trying to say to you. There are certain battles you were never supposed to fight by yourself. Only fathers are supposed to fight for you. Yeah, yeah let me say that again. There are certain battles in your life you were never designed to fight for yourself. Fathers and mentors, spiritual fathers are supposed to fight for you. Please write this statement down. Father God cares for you through the love of earthly fathers. 
Father God cares for you through the love of earthly fathers. You've never seen God. You've never met God. The way he disseminates his love to you is through earthly fathers. Could it be that the reason you're always anxious and depressed is because you don't have a father, a spiritual father, a spiritual leader, someone you can cry out to? When my daughter Sarah, some people don't know this, but years ago I was doing a night of worship, expecting thousands of people, and the doctors told us that my daughter Sarah had leukemia. She had cancer. And I knew that this one is above my head. The first call I made was to my bishop. Second call, I called my father, the bishop, back home. And then I called Bob Weiner. And then I called Cindy Jacobs. I called a man of God called Dutch Sheets. I reached out to all the fathers that I know in my life. And the devil was in trouble, trouble, trouble. There's certain battles you were never intended to fight for yourself. So today I want you to go home. You need a mentor in your life. Find mentors in this very church. Someone who can talk to you and help you out. Now finally, the last thing you need to do. The first thing is talk to someone. Submit to someone. The third thing is serve someone. Somebody say serve someone. Here's where we end. Jesus says to the young man, he says, rise up, get up, pick up your mat and, and go home. Rise up, pick up your mat and go home. Let's say that together. Rise up, pick up your mat and. Now, I've always wondered, why didn't Jesus just say, rise up and go home why do i have to pick up the ugly mat that represents my pain and my brokenness my darkness and my shame why do i have to pick up this mat which means this dude rose up he picked up his mat he was walking around at walmart and at the mall with his mat and people are wondering what's that thing all about why did jesus make sure that this guy had to rise up and pick up his mat and go home. I'm so glad you asked. Impact, I'm here to tell you. God told me to tell you that he's about to turn your mat into your ministry in the name of Jesus. God is about to turn your depression into your elevation in the name of Jesus. Come on. God's about to take the very thing that represented darkness. And the way for you to find freedom from depression is that you stop focusing on yourself, find somebody who's going through the same pain that you've gone through and help them. The reason we're depressed is we focus on ourselves too much. The greatest depression pill you can ever take is serving the Lord. The greatest depression pill you can ever take is serve somebody else. Find somebody else who's in more pain than you are. The pastor, you don't understand he, he cheated on me and he left me. Well, find another woman who's going through the same agonizing pain. And you become the miracle they've been praying for. And watch God give you your miracle. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, let's put our hands together right here. Celebrate Jesus. Come on, celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. That's why it's time to serve the Lord. It's time to serve the Lord. It's the greatest thing you can ever do. Get, get off complaining. And begin to serve the Lord. Please stand if you can. Please stand if you can. Hallelujah. You cannot leave a place like this without saying yes to Jesus. He wants to heal you. I'm going to count one, two, three. 
If you're in this place, you've never said yes to Jesus, I want you to just throw up your hands and say, I want to receive Jesus today. Every eye closed, every head bowed down.